Welcome to the Reaching Forward podcast. We are in Romans. We're dealing with Romans as the theme of being faithful. Faithful or full of faith. We're in chapter 2 and kind of the theme for chapter 2, we like to think of it as a spiritual E-K-G. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless Romans chapter 2. Help us to be faithful. And God, by your word, let it be a spiritual EKG in our lives. Amen. Mom, what's an EKG? The mom who's a nurse says, well, honey, it's an electrocardiogram. It checks your heart for problems. The daughter says, oh, so what's an ECG? The mom says, oh, it's the same thing, just different letters. The daughter says, what about an EEG? The mom says, that stands for electroencephalography. It checks your brain for problems. The daughter says, neat. So what's an EGG? The mom says, I I don't know that one. Her daughter said, it's an egg, mom. (laughs) An EKG is an abbreviation for electrocardiogram. And it records those electric signals that uh, your heart gives off. So it's common, it's painless, and it's used to quickly detect heart problems and monitor your heart's health. It can detect abnormal heart rhythm, which is called arrhythmias, and whether you've had a previous heart attack and how well certain disease treatments, like a pacemaker, are working. Now, they used to stick a bunch of sensors or electrodes to your chest with some goo, And then they would record the electrical signals that make your heart beat. It looks kind of like waves on a monitor or on a piece of paper. But but now I read that there's even some smartwatches that offer EKG monitoring. Well, this chapter deals with a spiritual EKG, examining our heart. Not our physical heart, but our spiritual heart. Because the Bible said in Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, The Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. The Bible really is a message from God's heart to your heart, and sometimes it cuts to the heart. So let's let's get going. Romans chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doeth the same things. So Paul's not naming the Jews here, but he's kind of getting off saying that those people that are the judges of God's law, the ones that know God's law, it's the ultimate hypocrisy to condemn somebody for something you do privately. You know, where was the man when the woman in the Bible was caught in adultery? It doesn't it not take two to proverbially tango? Well, when someone does condemn someone or something, they're saying they're, they're saying that there is a standard. Well, there is a standard. And even that proverb that Jesus said about uh, the log in someone's eye and the moat in someone else's eye, a moat is something small like a speck of dust or a little rock. And uh, if you condemn someone else, Jesus said to take the log or the, 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 that pole out of your own eye 
the beam, as it said in King James Version. But it doesn't stop there so that thou can see us clearly to help take that little speck of someone else's eye. We want to help people. There is a standard. We're not to beat people down, but to lift people up to the Lord. Verse 2, the standard is called the truth. It's not the truth because the preacher said it's the truth. It's the truth because it's just true. God's word is true. Let God be true. And every man a liar, God's word is settled in heaven. Verse 2, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus is the way, the truth against them which commit such things. Righteous judgment deals with the heart. John chapter 7 and verse 24 said, Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Someone might look rough on the outside, but they might not be homeless. They might be a rock star, or they just might be in their jammies. You just never know. You just say, well, that guy's not tough. He's little. Well, Bruce Lee was little, but Bruce Lee was tough. So Jesus had healed a man on the Sabbath, and some people sought to kill him for breaking the Sabbath. And, and Jesus said, you circumcise men on the Sabbath. What's wrong with making someone whole on the Sabbath? See, the outward appearance and the real state of affairs don't always match up. About 10 years ago, a suspicious, a suspicious van, true story, was stopped by the U.S. Border Patrol. And an attempt was made, later was found, that to smuggle 13 undocumented immigrants by disguising their vehicle and making them wear U.S. Marine Corps uniforms. And there's pictures of this all over the internet. One of the Border Patrol agents noticed that the license plate appeared to be altered. And during questioning, the agent, who was a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, began to doubt that the uniformed men in the van were indeed Marines. One of the questions he asked was when the Marine Corps celebrates its birthday. And the driver, who appeared to be a Marine on the outside, did not know the answer. Well, if you are a Marine, let's just say you know, it, November 10th, 1775, my Marine Corps came alive. Well, outside religion and appearance does not necessarily mean that someone has that spiritual renewal in their heart. And furthermore, the, 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 the slogan of the Marines, going back to that, isn't looking tough or wearing a uniform. It's Semper Fi, which comes from Semper Fidelis, which means always faithful, which is what happens when we give our life to God. We have a desire to be faithful to him, faithful to our church, faithful to our family, faithful to our pastor, faithful, 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 faithful. Verse three and four. You see, some people thought that they were above that. In verse three and verse four, and thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering? not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. See, all of these things that God had done to his, the Jews and, and God loved his people and still does and he brought them out of Egypt and he dealt with them long-suffering and, he, and he, was, he blessed them with manna from out of heaven and with miracles through Moses and, and miracles through judges God and, and through prophets. God loves his people. But 
that was supposed to lead the Jews to follow the Lord. And it didn't. It didn't. They thought, well, God loves us. We can live any way we want. Well, not really the way that it is. Verse 5, there's wages. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, that means unrepentant heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. There's going to be a time, if we treasure up something, I remember I had a car uh, that that wouldn't drain. It, the, the water from the air conditioning would pool in the driver's kind of floorboard. Well, I, I read some things and realized that the drain may have been clogged, clogged up. Well, I got under there, found where it was, and, and I unclogged it. But don't get under the drain when you unclog it. And it was it felt like 32 ounces of yucky water came all over me. When I unclog the drain. Well, that's what treasuring things up. It's storing things up. We don't want to treasure up wrath and judgment from a righteous God. We want to get forgiveness through Jesus Christ and the blood he shed on the cross for us, for our sins. Verse 6 to 16, God will reward men and women according to their deeds. Now, this isn't teaching that you're going to work your way to heaven with a payment plan. Because, you see, when Jesus Christ comes in your heart, you're a different person, so you'll act differently. I don't attend church because I want to please God and become a Christian. I attend church because I am a Christian. So the Bible said, who will render every man according to his deeds. God wants us to live our faith, which provides a life of works. The Bible says faith without works is graveyard dead, isn't it? They'll match up when you got, if you're a skateboarder, you'll probably skateboard, right? It's just who you are. Verse seven, glory and honor. Verse seven, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality eternal life. These are great things to seek for, the glory of God, the honor of God, and immortality, eternal life. But the the Bible says by patient continuance and well-doing, doing the right things, even though you don't see a result right away. Couldn't we all learn from that? I mean, honestly, raise your hand. Yes, I need some patient continuance. I need to keep going. Why? Because sometimes it's a blessing. The waiting has a a power about it. The Bible said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We know there's wisdom in waiting. And when you're frustrated, it can be a motivator. It can be a motivator instead of something that, that puts you down, get so frustrated and so mad about it that you get out of it. Whether it's debt, whether it's that improper relationship that you're in right now, get out of it. Well, there's wisdom in waiting. There's work in waiting. Why? Because I'm moving in the right direction. If I can't move financially, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to start working in my heart. God's going to do something. There's, there's, there's really a blessing in waiting, this patient continuance. And there's wealth in waiting. Have you ever heard it's worth the wait? You know, if you waited until you got married, you're like, man, it was worth the wait. If you waited to... Uh, to didn't snack before dinner, and you're like, man, that, that fried chicken was worth the wait. Well, you know what? Heaven is worth the wait. Keep doing the right thing. Verse 8, to glorify God. But the contrast is 
to not glorify God. Verse 7 is to glorify God. Verse 8, but unto them which are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath. You can't, you can't just say, well, I'm not going to serve God. I'm going to be free. You're going to obey something. And truthfully, you're going to serve someone. Say, so, well, you're God's boy. Absolutely. You're God's boy. I am. I want to be God's boy. And, and you know what, God? If you're up there listening right now, which I know you are, God, I am your boy. I am your servant. <laughs> Let me do what you want me to do. Because you're going to have to serve someone. And, and I would ask that, and this is in, 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 in humility, but whose boy, whose girl are you? We have to obey something. We might as well obey the truth. We might as well serve the Lord. And not going to, man, I would be a sorry servant to myself. <laughs> I'm glad that I served the Lord. Indignation and wrath if we obey unrighteousness. You know, there are people that they want to argue about it, but they don't want to do it. I'm here to preach the gospel, not to argue it. Verses 9 to 11. Outcome is based on our heart, which brings out our works. Remember, this is a spiritual EKG. The Bible says in verse 9, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil. Of the Jew first and also of the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. Isn't it that God is saying to the Jew first because they got the gospel first, the 12 disciples were Jews, Jesus was a Jew, he was sent to the lost sheep of Israel, but the Bible said there's no respect of persons with God. God doesn't care if you're a Jew or a Gentile. He wants you to do the right thing. You know, how have you heard someone say that, oh, he's got a good heart, but he's an axe murderer? No. Good works come out of a good heart. And some rewards come later. You know that uh, if you ever bought dead flowers for your wife, you look for the least dead flowers well, they've all been cut from the source of life, which is their root system, right? So you buy them, they live for, oh, these lived for a week at my house. No, they were dead. <laughs> but you know that we strive for a crown. Crowns in the ancient Olympic Games were made from wild olive branches, and they were so corruptible that they started to wither the moment they were made. Now, a crown is a badge of royalty and honor, but uh, the Bible said, Paul said to Timothy, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that also that love his appearing. We're going to have a crown of righteousness, a crown of glory, a crown of life. Hold on to that crown. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3 says, They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. God, this, this, this chapter is a spiritual EKG. Where is our heart in God? Verses 12 to 16. Verse 12, an equal opportunity employer. We all have an equal responsibility to obey God. For as many as have sinned without the law, without knowing the law of Moses, this is dealing with the Jews and understanding God's laws to, uh, through Moses, shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. So the Bible said, regardless of whether you've been to church or not, God's going to judge you on your character and your conduct. 
A character is who you are when no one's around, and your conduct is the things that you do. Now, who you are is more important than what you do. The first question most people ask you when they meet you after your name is what? What do you do? Where do you work? Yeah, man. Tell someone, I make decisions. That's what I do. Tell someone, I'm a Christian. Tell someone, I'm going to heaven. I'm working for God. You know, that we're more important than our secular occupation. Well, you need to tell someone in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, I'm blessed. How about in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, I'm chosen. I'm accepted in verse 6 of Ephesians chapter 1. I'm redeemed in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. God is a wonderful God, but he wants us to be and then do. Verse 13 is a continuation of verse 12. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. You know, if someone says, you got toilet paper hanging off your shoe, and you say, okay, and then keep walking down the street without changing anything, it's not going to really help you, right? But the doers of the law, they're going to be blessed. It's doing. Verse 14, being born again produces the spirit of the law in our hearts. For when the Gentiles, that's a non-Jew, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. By our conscience, God begins us to get us to do the correct things, to follow the way that God wants us to follow, to live, as we would say, to live right. When you have the righteousness of God in you, you want to live right, when no one's looking, when it's not Sunday, when you're not in your church clothes. Verse 15, notice this, which show the work of the law written in their hearts. See, it's a spiritual EKG because God writes this law in our hearts. Their conscience also bearing witness when your conscience is not condemning you all the time. And their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Uh, In verse 16, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, there are going to be things that come out But you know what? Let them be things that come out by confession unto the Lord and get them out now and become a new creature in Christ. So the rest of the chapter really deals kind of with the the, the bad EKG reading for the guilt of the Jews who have these outward claims of who they are, but they don't act the right way. Verses 17 to 20, the outward claims, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law, and art, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes. That's not like good-looking women. That means young, right? Uninstructed. <laughs> which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. So they're called a the Jew. They trust in the law for salvation. They know his will. They approve things are excellent. They're excellent. They're confident as a guide to the blind. They're confident as a light to people in darkness. They're an instructor of the foolish. They're a teacher of of the uninstructed or babes and have a form of knowledge of the truth and of law. So, wow. Those are the claims, right? But verses 21 to 24 show the conduct. This is really who I am. It's not what I say I am. Someone said, you're not what you think you are, but what you think 
<laughs> you are. Verses 21 to 24. Thou, therefore, this is the conduct. This shows what we really are. This shows our spiritual EKG. Thou, therefore, which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? I, my pastor used to tell me, uh, or he used to instruct, he said, preach, preach to thyself. And that's what we really need to do. Teach ourselves. Thou that preachest that a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Of course not. Do you pay your tithe? You know, they say, honk if you love Jesus. Well, anyone can, you, anyone can honk. How about tithe if you pay Jesus? That'd be a good bumper sticker. Do you cheat on your taxes? Oh, that's not stealing. Well, actually it is. You know, so you might not have robbed a store, but do you say that other people shouldn't rob a store and cheat in other ways? Well, I, I, they, I ordered a small drink but got the large cup. Well, let's live right. And if I got on your case, hopefully God got on your case. I'm not here to get on your case, but God knows. It's the EKG. Thou that sayest the man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Man, I know it's crazy. The internet is a crazy place, but you know we need to let our eyes not behold any wicked thing. We need, we need to let our minds think the right thing because that's where adultery starts. And then if it starts in the mind, you just look for an opportunity to do it, uh, to act upon it. I didn't mean, that was a pun, I guess. I didn't mean to say it that way. But to act upon those impulses. Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Well, I don't worship a uh, false image. When I used to go to Chinese restaurants a long time ago, they'd have the Buddha and you'd rub his belly. Why? For good luck? Now, how do you learn self-control from a big fat guy? Anyway, that wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but it's probably going to make some people mad. But, but you know, you don't have to, to worship a statue to commit sacrilege. All you have to do is put something in front of God. And it can be a car. You know, if you've listened to the 90s or 80s love songs where they idolize men or women, you know, they're, they're, they're their whole world. And they, it's like a song of worship. And I love my wife and I love my daughter, but I don't worship them. I worship God and I love them. Put God on the top and then you can love everybody else the right way. Thou that makest thy boast of the law through break, thou, excuse me, that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? And he's asking a rhetorical question. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you. They were supposed to be a shining light to lead others to God. Well, how? It says, uh, for circumcision in verse 25, verily profiteth if thou keep the law. It's kind of similar to like the Old Testament baptism, right? But it was for men only, you know. So circumcision, it was a, it was a, a delicate medical procedure where part was taken off of a, of a male. And you can, you can look it up. If thou keep the law, it says circumcision verily profiteth. It was a, it was a mark or a sign of one of God's people. It said, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So if your inside's not right, the outside doesn't count. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, that means those that are not Jews by nature or Jews by being descended from Abraham, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not the uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision dost transgress the law? So, 
the writer, Paul, is saying that it's the inside of our heart that causes the right works on the outside. Not having the right pedigree, or even in today's you know day and language, knowing how to speak church ease or Christian ease or having your tie right at church. It means that our hearts should be pure, our lives will be pure, no matter what pedigree we have or uh, how many verses of scripture we can quote, okay? God makes our hearts clean so that our hands and feet do clean things. Verse 28, the definition of a Jew, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. This is speaking of a spiritual circumcision. And in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Now, in to end, who you are in God, who you are is more important than what you do. But you see, who you are will cause you to do the things that you are. So if you don't like the things that you do, you can try to change them. But you know what you really need to change is is who you are. Because when you're the right person, you'll do the things that are right to that person. And all you have to do if you're not a Christian is to accept Christ into your life, accept his forgiveness of sins, and let God begin to remake you uh, act by act and uh, uh, one, one thing by one thing. Some things fall away from lives pretty easily. Other things you got to work on. But you know what? God will begin to do a work in you. And old things will be passed away. Behold, all things will become new. All things will be of God. This is 2021. It's a time to be faithful to God. Let's go forward. COVID was in 2020. It's trying to hang around for 2021. Let's focus on God. Let's get ready to get back into having a church that's a full schedule. Uh, We're looking to work that in. Stay with us if you're local in Jacksonville and Orange Park. God bless you is our prayer. Faithful in Romans chapter 2 with the spiritual EKG. God bless you.